wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. On today's show, we're going to talk about the upcoming doubleheader against the Cincinnati Reds and what this series will mean for Kansas City. And it's another series that I think uh, you need to split. I mean, you need to get one of these games in this doubleheader. Uh, really, as we've said all along, the Royals are trying to tread water here uh, as they as they progress towards the weaker part of their schedule or the presumed weaker part of their schedule. Uh, right now, you're, you're in the midst of a, a month of which you're only playing the Twins and the Reds, uh, and that's going to be really tough. So uh, you're likely going to lose this Twins series coming up as you did the last twin series, but you can try to cash in by taking one game from each opponent, the same way you did last week, and stay right, kind of treading water, about three, four games back, uh, just enough to keep people interested, uh, but also far enough back to where you're kind of at arm's length from everyone else. Uh, Now, today, the Royals take on uh, Luis Castellano at 4.05, and there'll be Brad Keller going up against him. And if you remember, uh, Luis Castellano was not good the last time that he faced Kansas City. In that game, you saw him give up seven hits, three runs, only one of those earned, though. Uh, but in six innings, he gave up seven hits. The Royals, most of the time, don't get seven hits in a nine-inning game. And you got them all in six innings against this guy. So they saw him well. Let's see if they can do that again today. And Brad Keller has been phenomenal this year. I mean, there's, there's no way else to put that other than he's been phenomenal. So... Uh, if you can jump on Luis early and, and Brad Keller can cruise the way he has this season, uh, that could be the one game you get from this doubleheader. That could, that could be a very good foundation for the doubleheader at Coffin Stadium. Uh, and then game two presents an interesting uh, an interesting matchup because it's Trevor Bauer on one side, who everyone is all familiar with. He's back at Coffin Stadium ever since he launched that uh, ball into center field last year, so he's back making his return. Uh, but so far this year, Bauer is cruising. Now, now you can love or hate Bauer uh, as a player, uh, as a personality, uh, but he's 2-0 with a .93 ERA. He's cruising right now in, in this season. Uh, Trevor Bauer's playing phenomenal. But for the Royals, you get the the more interesting uh, aspect of this. You've got Matt Harvey towing the rubber for the Royals, who they signed about two three weeks ago. I didn't expect Matt Harvey to be up here at first, but there was reports last week from Flanagan and people like that saying that he was progressing very well. Uh, the thing is, though, it is it is going to be a two-year deal, which is why I was leaning towards it. We're just going to have him this year kind of recoup that arm in the satellite camp and then come back next year. But uh, So the beautiful thing about this for the Royals is um, 
one, there's no investment in Matt Harvey. I mean, it's like they paid him a lot of money. Uh, and, and two, you're also not rushed to trade him uh, in August. You can you can see if he can be worth something next August uh, when, once we're back to normal to normal season here. Uh, I just don't think there's enough time to get anything back for Matt, for Matt Harvey. Uh, short of being electric today uh, and in his next start, which I don't think he'll, he will be, if he's just an average pitcher, these next two day, these next two starts before the trade deadline, uh, I don't think that he will have enough, enough of a resume this season to warrant getting anything back in return for Matt Harvey. Uh, so I don't think this is a move to uh, to showcase a guy before the trade deadline. I think this is a move that they think can help them win, win because they don't have Jacob Junis uh, because of those back spasms sent him to the IL. So with Matt Harvey, good good for him to be starting a game that doesn't have a ninth inning. By the way. I mean, how important is that, uh, that he can't go in the ninth inning? Uh, but in, in a seven-inning doubleheader, if Matt Harvey can get you four innings, that's still, it's still a heck of a start whenever we're only playing seven. So I don't know how stretched out his arm is. Maybe he's only going to go two innings, whatever the case may be. But you, you have more flexibility uh, to, to, to toss a guy who might not make it deep in a game when you're only playing seven. So, so I do like that strategy uh, by uh, Mike Matheny to, if you're going to use him, Try to fit him in in a doubleheader situation like this uh, where it won't hurt you if he can't go more than an inning or two. Because we don't really know how his arm will react. We don't really know how he will pitch. Uh, the last time he pitched was 2019 where he gave up a 7.09 ERA. Not exactly encouraging stuff from uh, the Dark Knight or Batman, whatever the hell you used to call him in, in, in New York. Uh, but still, we'll see if he can provide anything for the Royals in game two of this doubleheader. A late doubleheader start, but again, only seven inning games, so it still will not get over uh, all too late uh, tonight. The second game won't, uh, but it starts at 4.05 at Kauffman Stadium. Of course, both these games will be on Fox Sports Kansas City. And you need to check those games out as well as rockauto.com because let me tell you, rockauto.com is a family-owned business that's been serving you auto parts online for 20 years. Years. 20 years ago, when your phone rang, you couldn't work the internet. You didn't know how to send emails. You probably still had a Hotmail account, which is just atrocious. If you, if you still have a Hotmail account in 2019, uh, 2020, uh, whatever year this is, just 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 change. Go to Google. That's stupid. But uh, you, you can go to rockauto.com, and that's something that's never going to change because rockauto.com is a fantastic website that can get you all the parts your car will ever need. And, and again, my, my favorite part of Rock Auto is that I know nothing about cars, and they make it easy. I just put in my make and my model and they'll only show me car parts that they know are compatible with my vehicle. That way I'm not spending excess money on things that won't even work in my car. Uh, And there's no point to go to a chain auto parts store because when you get there, they're just going to order a part online and then upcharge you for that part. Skip the upcharge. Go to rockauto.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you and the how did you hear about us box. So other things to watch for today is Salvador Perez. How much can he play? Will he play? Will we get any more information about the blurry vision he's been suffering? And it even happened again yesterday. Yesterday, Matheny said he wouldn't have played if that game did not get postponed. He wouldn't have been able to play yesterday with that blurry vision. And I just wonder, I, I just really wonder what is going on with Perez. I hope that, of course, everything is, is totally fine. Uh, but having random blurry vision doesn't seem good by any means. So I, I hope that that he can work through that and, and get some sort of resolution to why that's happening. Uh, but that's something to watch for. Uh, also, just just the lineup. I mean, 
they eventually they've got to be better. Uh, you know, Michael Franco with Merrifield, Hunter Dozier, th- those are the guys to me that are really standing out in that lineup. Everyone else uh, has been, you know, average to below average. I think Ryan O'Hearn is is right there, you know, in that mix of, of a good hitter for the Royals. But everyone else has just been atrocious, really. I mean, Salvador Perez had a hot streak. We'll see if he can continue that post-injury. Uh, you know, typically he starts to slow down midway through the year, uh, and we'll see if it happens in a 60-game stretch. But you know, Perez has been good too. He's been on a hot streak as well. Uh, I like the move up, as I've said about Nicky Lopez up in the order. I think that that really helps, especially it allows. I think it allows Whit Merrifield to be more aggressive uh, in that leadoff spot because uh, you you can trust. Nicky Lopez to take pitches. You can trust Nicky Lopez to see a couple and, and allow your lineup to see what this pitcher has, uh, and it doesn't have that pressure on Whit Merrifield to, to do that himself. In the leadoff spot, he can attack a first pitch if he likes it or a second pitch and not feel bad because you know Nicky Lopez will give you a professional at-bat working a 3-2 count, uh, and then something will happen on that payoff pitch. He's either going to walk, strike out, or, or of course, ground out to second base. Uh, but he still saw a ton of pitches that at-bat, and he, he kind of did his job as a as a secondary leadoff man if, if Whit Merrifield wants to be aggressive, which he has been in the last couple of games. Whit Merrifield's been awesome. Uh, and with Merrifield, I don't expect him to be traded at the trade deadline. I know uh, that we're getting to that time where you know fake trade rumors are all the rage right now, uh, but I, I don't I don't see him being traded at the trade deadline. I really don't uh, because number one, uh, this organization has spent since January, since before we even knew that this season was going to be a 60 game sprint with expanded playoffs. They, they've spent this entire season since January talking about how. They want to compete. Talking about how the season is not about rebuilding. The season is not about uh, losing 100 games. The season is about competing. The season is about the postseason. And they've and they've truly meant that. I mean, uh, the the energy and the and the way that Matheny talks and Dayton Moore has talked, it has not felt. It has not been like coach speak. And you see that with the way he manages, for better or worse, he's managing this team uh, the best he can to win a ball game every night. Not not to develop players. Not to you know, uh, you know, not to again develop players and, and grow players, their youth, and let them work things out. You know, he's trying to win, and they've they've been consistent with that message since January, and, and they've held up their end of the bargain. I mean, calling up Chris Bubich, calling up Brady Singer on opening day, uh, they've been consistent in everything that they've done. Dayton Moore and Matheny, Moore calling up young prospects, Matheny. Uh, utilizing the prospects and also, uh, you know, balancing where to hit them and, and when to pinch hit for them and, and when to give them confidence and not. So they've been doing the right things in the sense of putting themselves in position to compete. That's my point. Now, it hasn't worked out. It's not reflective in the record. But when you watch the game, Matheny's always making a move to compete and not to uh, and not to protect a prospect or to, uh, you know, try to let a prospect grow out of a situation. And, and in a season like this, you're never going to be more than five games out. You're, you're never going to be more than five games out, at least not by the trade deadline in a couple of weeks. So it would send a bad message to the fan base because there are people in the fan base that still believe this team is competitive, still believe this team is contending, still believe this team right now can make the postseason. Uh, trust me, uh, they think I'm too negative about this team. Uh, so it would send a wrong message to me to be five games out three games out like you are right now, or four games out like you are right now, it would be a, it would be a bad message to me to be five or less games out and then trade with Merrifield. 
So that, that's one reason why I don't think it'll be traded. Another reason why I don't think it'll be traded is the simple fact of I think it's too hard to trade Whitman Merrifield in the season. I think that the I think that the the value of Whitman Merrifield is not so cut and dry. Uh, it, it, it's it's evident to people in Kansas City and to Dayton Moore that he's an elite hitter. He's a versatile defender. Uh, if he could ever focus on one defensive position, I think he could be uh, a, a great a, a great player uh, at any at any position. But he, they move him around so much that you obviously cannot uh, just hone in and, and win a gold glove somewhere. Uh, he plays all those positions, all the positions. He doesn't just go out there and, and play them. He plays them very well. Uh, I think when Merrifield is a heck of a player. Uh, I, I don't know if that value resonates around baseball in the sense of. He's not a power hitter. He's not a, a power arm. He's not someone that typically at the deadline you get a lot for. I mean, look, look at what the Royals give up for, for uh, Ben Zobrist. I think that uh, Ben Zobrist was a much better player than just giving up Sean Manaya, but he wasn't seen as versatile. He wasn't seen as versatile, uh, or, or excuse me, he wasn't seen as valuable uh, as a typical prototype for the trade deadline arm uh, or trade deadline uh, hitter. So to me, it's just too many moving parts to get it all right. In the, in the midst of a 60-game season, much less what's going on around the world, but just in the midst of a, okay, we have two weeks now to decide if we want to trade uh, trade with Merrifield or not. We have two weeks now to decide if we're in contention or not after only playing a month of baseball. I think that there's just too many moving parts to get this done. There's too many moving parts to me to trade with Merrifield in the season because, again, number one, it's a bad message if you're going to talk about competing uh, and, and live up to the expectations of, of competing you you can't just just trade with Merrifield, in my opinion, in the middle of the year. You lose all credibility uh, to anyone paying attention. Uh, and then I just don't see a move coming together because of the because of the value factor. I think that the Cubs really like what Merrifield. I think that they do. I think that the Cubs love what Merrifield. I don't think the Cubs see what Merrifield and see an elite baseball player that is worth giving up. You know, some, you know, most of your farm system or or, or at least two top prospects. Or at least a top prospect and a B and a B list prospect. I think that they see what Merrifield and see Ben Zobrist. And if that's all you're going to get for him, who's on a team friendly deal, it's not like you're paying him an atrocious amount of money. Uh, I wouldn't do that trade in the middle of the season. I would wait to the winter meetings when teams get desperate, when you can sell them on you know, having a full season and things like that. And, and I just don't know how many trades are going to be in general because no one can figure out what they are. I mean, what if what if you're firmly in the postseason right now? You have a bad week and you drop out in a 60-game season and you just wasted whatever trade you made. I mean, I don't know how many trades are going to be in general, but I don't think what Merrifield will be moved. But tomorrow, we'll recap the doubleheader between the Royals and the Cincinnati Reds so you can come back and find that one right here on Lockdown Royals on anywhere you get your podcast, any platform at all where you get your podcast. The only podcast that talks about the Royals every single day. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Lockdown Royals.